We're here at the Career Pro Inc. podcast with Jeff Davidson to talk about conditioning your environment. Where are we going today with this topic? Conditioning your environment, not a phrase that rolls off the tongue and most (laughs) people aren't familiar with it at all. What it means is the ability to set up your home, your workspace, all the other places and spaces of your life to support the way you work, the way you proceed, the way you have fun. In other words, you condition your environment so that it supports you around the clock. And after we begin discussing the nuances of this, it will become very clear why this is so valuable, so useful, and really so easy to do. So let's begin with an example of an unconditioned environment. Unconditioned. (laughs) You're driving down the highway and your car conks out. There was no warning light, no indicator, no nothing. It just conks. All of a sudden you've got to pull off to the side of the road. You're stuck in a precarious position for an hour and 35 minutes. That's the alternator. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. All right. That is an unconditioned environment, i.e., you don't take your car in for preventative maintenance. The conditioned environment, your car virtually never breaks down because you practice preventative maintenance. You take it into the shop if you have the slightest doubt that it's not performing optimally. Now, I'm going to give you a case in point, and it's going to be about me. I have been driving for some 40 years now and I am only on my third car. In other words, the car I'm currently driving is only the third one I've ever owned. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people find that to be amusing. The car is in excellent shape. It looks new. It rides perfectly. Got rid of the Model T. Now, in addition (laughs) to this being my third car, I have to tell you that I have no capability for car repair whatsoever. I have changed my oil in previous decades, but I have not done it recently. I make no adjustments to the engine whatsoever. I believe that I can refill the windshield wiper, the windshield wiper tank. All right, that's about the extent <laughs> Is it of it. Called a tank? Even you don't even know. What's it called? <laughs> uh, the reservoir. I'm not sure. All right. But it just shows your car mechanical maintenance so, ability. So I have zero maintenance ability, yet I'm on my third car having driven for 40 years. So what gives? You might say I and have you an You don't un- live in New York City. And I don't live in New York City. You might say I have an uncle who owns a car repair shop, but that's not the case. What is the case is that when I hear, using my ears, when I hear anything go wrong, or anything that's different, a ping, a knock, a click, anything, I will take note of that. I'm not saying I drive right to the shop at that moment, but I'm saying I'm very cognizant of the clicks, the pops, the pings, whatever happens. I will also be very cognizant of my car's performance. Is the brake a little stuck? Is there too much play in the steering wheel? Did the car not pick up when I needed it to on the highway? Is the start a little rough? Does the engine idle a little high? In other words, I am in tune, if you will, 
with the nuances of how my motor vehicle operates. And even though I have no mechanical capability whatsoever, I do know my car. And so when I have enough evidence that says something's been off here and it's been off for a couple days, or it's been off for the last three starts, or I'm not quite sure that this is something I want to drive around with, I will take it to my favorite mechanic and I'll explain exactly what the issue is. And about three quarters of the time I'm right. Three quarters of the time it, it was good for me to bring it in and take care of this early on. And about one quarter of the time they'll say, oh, that's just because of this or the weather change is no big deal. Now, fortunately, I'm working with an honest mechanic who will frequently charge me nothing because it took him a minute or two to just look at it and say, no, you got nothing here. I just drive off. The point for listeners is this. My conditioned environment on a regular basis is my car when I'm on the road because it's so important for me to not break down even once. If, on my, if I'm on my way to the airport to catch a plane to speak at a conference of 500 people, I get zero tolerance for breaking down on the highway. Now, I could take a taxi and there's other things I could do, but the point is on those days when I'm driving to the airport, which makes sense depending on how long my car is going to be there, how far away I'm traveling, and so forth. I have zero tolerance for my car breaking down. Obviously, my car, like anybody's car, could break down at any time without warning. I mean, that's possible. But the incidence is next to nothing. It isn't even, you know, once or twice in five or ten years. So I've conditioned the environment, my travel environment, my local travel environment, now, on a like standpoint, we can go through the spaces and places in our lives and condition them. You know, like you condition your, the, your leather jacket, you condition your hair, you condition things in your life. Let's say that you belong to a health club. And the health club membership is pretty stiff, but you pay it because you want to work out, you want to be healthy, you want to get to the machines and you know what uh, the benefits can be. The health club wants another $60 a year to give you a permanent locker. Should you get that permanent locker or not? I advocate that if you go to the health club once a week, and certainly if you go twice a week, that it would make tremendous sense to pay an extra $60 what, $1.08, $1.10 extra a week to have the permanent locker. Why? 100% of the time, your sneakers are there. It's easy enough to carry the gym clothes back and forth in a bag, but your sneakers are bulky. Your, 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 your sneakers don't travel as well. And so, if you can just park your sneakers, let alone your cosmetic stuff, your, your, your toiletries, what have you, and refill them as you need them, then 100% of the time you go to the gym, you rest assured that these items are there. You've conditioned your environment now. A handful of things you don't have to worry about because they're there. This is a this is an extreme psychological as well as physical benefit. Likewise, you go through 
the spaces and places of your life, your office, your home, your car, your briefcase. What can I put in place now in advance that I know I will be drawing upon, that I will use, that I will consume, that I will rely upon, and if I put it in place now, that's one less thing to be concerned with because I took the time at the outset to condition my environment. People will say to me, but yeah, it sounds like a little more work. It is a little more work at the outset, but then the payoff comes over and over and over again. So let's look at a second example of an unconditioned environment. You're going to invade another one of our spaces, aren't you? <laughs> a key space in your, our life. Your bedroom. Ah, uh -uh. here we go. Being awakened at all hours because you sleep with a telephone or an alarm mm. or something that can ring or buzz or pop or beep or light or whatever near your head because you're concerned about the one call that might come in 10 years, your aging <laughs> grandmother, whatever happens to be. All right? That's an unconditioned environment. The conditioned environment is having sound sleep all night because there's no phone in your room, no ringer, no nothing that can wake you. All right? People will say to me, okay, this sounds like good advice, but, you know, I have kids in college or I have, you know, my loved one is traveling or whatever. What are you going to do at 3.30 in the morning when you get a call anyway? You, 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 you're not 911. You're not 911. Most of the time, if you ensure that this other party has the resources in the local vicinity, you're better off. Another case in point, my daughter got a job right out of college, lives two hours from me. And that's a little risky. That's the furthest she's ever lived. That's the furthest. That's the farthest. That's the greatest distance she's ever lived from me. Good recovery there. The greatest distance she has ever lived from me. As it turns out, she had a friend in the area, and her friend's parents really liked my daughter quite a bit. After a couple months, they said, if you ever need anything, just give us a call. You're like a daughter to us. Those parents, those responsible parents who have lived in that town for 20 or 30 years and have raised three wonderful children are a two-minute or three-minute drive from my daughter. They can provide the, the benefit, the service, the help, the whatever happens to be, much more easily than I ever can. It would take me two-plus hours to get out there if anything happened. I know them. They're great people. On top of that, my daughter has other resources in the immediate area. So what I'm saying is we don't willy-nilly say, okay, I never want to be awoken at night because I, my sleep is more important than anything. I don't want to hear about it. But when we know other parties that matter to us, our safeguard, we know they have AAA or some kind of roadside service. We know they're in one of the top hotels. We know that they have uh, an app that enables them to check in. And there are ways to ensure that the people we're concerned about are going to be okay. 
So it's far better to get the 10 years of sound sleep than have the opportunity be awoken at any given time because we keep that stuff by our head. Let me give you a second example. At home, as well as at work, an unconditioned environment is constantly being inundated by junk mail on a daily basis because we haven't taken any steps to get off of lists. We don't like it, we can't stand it, it amounts up, it's clutter, but we haven't done anything about it. The conditioned environment is hardly ever receiving junk mail, which is my particular situation. I personally hardly ever receive junk mail hmm. because I have methodically prevented my name from getting on lists. I will save up the junk mail I get in two or three weeks or a month in a box, hand it to a junior person and say, if there's an 800 number or an easy way to get in touch with them, call them and explain we want to be off the list. If there's a postal reply envelope, write a note to them, put it in the packet, send it off. Otherwise, create a packet, send it back. Otherwise, create a packet, send it back to them, tell them that we want to be off the list. In other words, we methodically on a periodic basis, take the time to get off of the list. And nine out of the ten places that we correspond with honor our requests. Some continue to pepper us with their stuff, but most will take it off. These days they have an online component that allows you to go on and say, I want to be off the list. Most of the uh, junk emailers also have a safe unsubscribe and so on. So we may look at this as an additional burden but if we approach it in a logical manner, if we box it all up and wait until that period of time in which we can't do anything else, like a Friday afternoon at the end of the month where we're brain dead anyways and I'm just going to get rid of the junk mail correspondence, then we create a situation for ourselves later that adds to our breathing space. We have less junk coming in and we enjoy the benefit day in and day out, week in, week out. We forget the little amount of time and effort it took us to get off of those lists, and the enjoyment comes in waves that just go on and on and on. I have to tell you, I've been relatively off of lists for years now. I remember what it was like when I was on. It was not pleasant. It was not pretty. You're not missing it. You can devise forms that you can put on your mailbox that say, these are the residents of this premises. No one else. Please do not leave former residents mail here. And the post office has to honor that, by the way. You are not required to feel the mail of the tenants who occupied the space before you. It's not your responsibility. You can also put notices. Uh, you can create labels that you send back to junk mailers and say, such and such has not lived here for five years. Please remove us from your list. There are many, many ways you can systemize your efforts. The overarching observation is you will benefit greatly by conditioning your environment to have less junk coming in. Let me give you another example. Frequently getting up in the middle of a phone conversation to find pen or paper. 
That's an unconditioned environment. Even in this day and age of mobile devices and styluses and people who are so fast with their thumbs and the ability to call anybody anytime. Well, that's irritating for the person who's made the call who you're putting on hold to do this too, I must oh, say. Oh, is it ever. And and very if, annoying. And if it's in a client or prospect situation, they're that's already right. thinking that you are not an effect you are not a productive person just by that one wait, magic move yeah you say to somebody wait let me get a pen my my thought is my thought is first time you ever realize the need <laughs> to have a pen next to the phone are you serious yeah are are you ser- are you telling me that you haven't aligned your office or your life so that you have a writing utensil within arm's reach of a telephone is that what you're telling me my thoughts exactly with more expletives <laughs> more expletives <laughs> so the condition environment is always having a pen and paper near your phone because you've secured them so that they can't be moved and you see people who have phones on a wire phones on a st- you see people who have pens on a wire pens on a string pens in a holder notepad post-it pad, scratch paper, in bin of scratch paper, whatever it happens to be. This is very easy to set up. You can set up pens and paper in all the places and stations of your life. And once again, using myself as an example, I have pen and paper in my glove compartment, pen and paper in my briefcase, pen and paper by every phone, pen and paper in places where I may not even correspond with somebody else but I want to make a note pen and paper in one of the kitchen drawers you run out of something in your kitchen and you want to write down that item because you need to pick up more of it what are you gonna do walk someplace else in your house and write it you put pen and paper every place the need may arise you just leave it there we, we need to create the law right now and the edict that states that every listener and everybody must do this And one of the great things about conditioning your environment, certainly on a personal basis, but professionally as well, is the cost of doing this is next to nothing. A little time, a little effort, but pens cost next to nothing. Paper costs next to nothing. Be ready. Be ready. What does it take? All right, another example. Being embarrassed all afternoon because at lunch, professional lunch maybe, you spill ketchup on your white dress or blouse or your shirt and you went into the restroom and took the paper towel and the soap and furiously tried to get off but you know even after all that work there's still a little faint (laughs) that's why i have a coat hanging on my door but yes you're right little faint spot and all day long you're going to be self-conscious because right around the breast area you've got this remnant of ketchup that's an unconditioned reminder of lunch reminder of lunch you can dress them up (laughs) but you can't take them anywhere that's the unconditioned environment that you only have one garment at your workplace the conditioned environment is you have an extra shirt or skirt or whatever that you keep in a closet at work or you keep in a desk drawer, you keep some place for that one time in the course of a month or six months or a year where you spill something or something gets torn or for whatever you got overly um, sweaty, whatever it happens to be. 
and you needed to change, you got it right there and then. What does it take to do this? About 30 seconds of insight. That's it. One morning, you just bring an extra garment. That's it. Saves you a day of embarrassment. Yeah, and if you don't want to keep it in the office and you drive into work and your car is reasonably nearby, then you just keep it in the trunk of your car in a secure bag, Ziploc bag, any other type of bag, and you're fine. You've got it. That's the condition environment. All right, one last example. Being locked out of your house or car and having to resort to expensive means for getting back in. That's an Been un- there, done that. <laughs> that's an unconditioned environment. <laughs> the conditioned environment, experiencing the conditioned environment, experiencing no lockouts ever because you use hide keys or other backup key systems. You have other means for getting into the car, getting into the house. I rent properties up in Washington, D.C. And in many cases, I never even meet my tenants. I have the previous tenant show the place to the next potential tenants. We talk about the next potential tenants and we select one. For the next potential tenants, I have the previous tenant hand over the keys and also explain my key system, which is this. Jeff lives hundreds of miles away and will rarely, if ever, visit. He will never come to open your apartment if you lock yourself out. This is part of our lease. You have no lockout privileges, at least from the standpoint of the landlord bailing you out. Here's what you do. You've been given X number of keys. You buy a -a hide-a-key. You put your apartment key in the hide-a-key, put it under one of the inside, under the carriage bumper of your car. Jeff has used Haida keys for more than 30 years. They have never fallen off while driving. It doesn't matter if you go over (laughs) the world's biggest speed bump. They don't fall off. Now, when you reach under, you reach under to get your Haida key, grab it, open it. Sometimes it's really hard to get that little sliding door open because it's crusted over, but the key is there or you keep a key with a neighbor, or you keep a key with the uh, department, uh, you keep a key with the property manager, or you keep a key someplace else that you can retrieve that will never be stumbled over by someone else, and that's your system. You also keep a key for your car in your house so that you ever get locked out of your car, you have a way of getting there back into the car because you, you have the key in the house. You even keep a hide key to your car. You even have, start again, in your hide key compartment, you have both an apartment and a car key. Now, one of the... So you're saying that FedExing your key from your spouse or significant other from another state is not really a good plan? <laughs> Well, last resort, but it's an unconditioned environment. That's unconditioned. Now, the one objection I get is if I have a hide key like this, don't mechanics and other people, aren't they aware, don't crooks, don't thieves know that people maintain hide keys? Some do, 
But here again, there are so many places you can put the Heide key under your car. We're talking probably 15, 20 different places where it can latch onto the metal and stay. No one is going to risk the amount of time it takes to try to figure out where a particular car might have a Heide key. They're going to kick your door in before they do that. That's right. It's not, <laughs> there's no crook in the world. It's that, that kind of time. All right? So the long and short is, over the span of multiple decades, this system has worked for me, it's worked for my tenants, it could work for you. The larger issue of conditioning your environment in the workplace, when you take the time to set up little systems, not just what we've been talking about here, but whatever supports the way you work and makes you effective and balanced and happy, with your equipment, with your machinery, with your desk, with your shelves, with your cabinets, with your wardrobe, with your car, within your team. Whatever makes you more productive by simply setting up a small system in advance, having something in place, having a backup, having a duplicate, a small item, a commodity item, it doesn't cost much. Go ahead and do it because the long-term benefit is not just the ease with which you proceed through the day and the week. It's the way others observe you. Mm. Why is it that Jim or Stacy or whomever seems to be so effective day in and day out? Why doesn't he or she get tripped up over the same things that everybody else is getting tripped up over? because you've taken the time to condition your environment. You've realistically assessed your surroundings and what you need and what supports you and what ought to be placed where. To use the proverbial phrase, not rocket science. Indeed, a master stroke at being more personally effective that you don't necessarily announce to the office. If you're a team manager and you want to make your team more effective, yeah, then you school them in these ways. But this is a subtle behind-the-scenes maneuver that makes you better and better at what you do. One fine day you find that you rise faster and further in your career than your peers who are equally talented and equally educated because you've taken the little bits of time here and there to say, what will propel me? What can I get out of the way so I don't have to be concerned with it? So I don't have to worry about it for a second? So I don't have to expend even an iota of mental energy over this? Because it's already in place. The great news for everyone listening is this is within our capacity. Everybody listening can become masters at conditioning your environment. Where is our environment unconditioned? What can we do to make it a more of a conditioned environment? Thank you for answering those questions, Jeff Davidson.